coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm a big believer of that executive chefs should be in the kitchen cooking and mm-hmm. like, you know, making sure that they're honing their skills every single day. My favorite restaurant that I eat at in St. Pete is El Ritorno. And the reason why is every time that I go there, I see Chef David in the window mm-hmm. the entire time. The most interesting part for me was, you know, I've been an executive chef before, but I've never been a co-founder of a new brand. Mm-hmm. I've never been, um, you know, I've never designed my own kitchen before. Right. And so, it, you know, I designed every facet of it to be like, you know, the best possible place for a line cook. We kind of, you know, coined our, our brand as being fast casual meets fine dining. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday, Just hit the subscribe button and new episodes will automatically download and then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured interview is with Jason Gordon from the Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery. We talked to Jason about his lifelong passion for cooking since he was only 14 years old, his Denver roots, and how he came to St. Pete on vacation and decided to stay. We have have a a great great show, show, so so stick stick around. around. So we all know that Anada, restaurant and wine bar that is, has fantastic food, specials, cheese and charcuterie, and we've talked about that and could go on all day long. But did you know that they have a fantastic happy hour every single day, not just Monday through Friday, but every day that they're open from 4 to 6 p.m., they have $3 beer, $3 select white and red wines. And then they also run other specials um, on Tuesday all day. It's half off of salads, half off of pastas, and half off of flatbreads. And on Sunday Funday, from open till close, it's half off wine bottles under $100. They have music nights on Monday and Wednesday from 6 to 9 p.m. And they have fantastic wine, and they're almost always at great price points. But they do have, if you'd like to bring your own bottle, you can, for a corkage fee of $25.00 per bottle, as long as they do not sell that same vintage. So if you have a particular special wine that you have been saving for a special occasion, probably at a higher price point because it would be silly to pay $25, this would be a good time to use that. Another restaurant and wine bar is open at 4 p.m. every day. They are located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. You really must go to Anata. <laughs> In case you forgot what you were listening to, this is the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm Kevin Godby. My co-host is Lori Brown. 
And our guest today is Jason R. Gordon, and the R stands for really awesome. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to talk about your latest endeavor, Brass Bowl and Kitchen, which we think is great. But we want to learn more about you because we haven't had the chance to do that yet. Are you originally from Colorado? Um, I was actually born in California, but I moved to Colorado when I was three years old. So I really don't remember anything from California at all. I basically consider myself a Denver native for the most part. I uh, grew up on the outskirts of Denver, very small town, which is not very small anymore just because of the huge boom that's happening out in Denver. Which, which town? I'm from Parker, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And were you cooking out there also? Yeah. So I'm, I've been cooking since I was 14 years old. Um, awesome. I did it professionally for the first time when I was 16 and legally allowed to hold a job. I was actually at a hospital, which is really interesting because <laughs> many people wouldn't think that my roots started doing, you know, Right, hospital right. Food. <laughs> That's so funny. But uh, actually, the place that I worked at was really cutting edge, and the, um, you know they were doing a lot of things that some people are, are just now starting to do. So it was actually a very progressive and very forward-thinking environment, and was able to work under some really great mentors. So was it the hospital for the patients themselves, or for the hospital cafeteria for people that were coming in? Um, yeah, it was basically for the staff, and okay. it, it was interesting because it was a brand new, brand new uh, hospital that they had built out, and it was meant to be, you know. The, the kitchen of the future for, for uh, hospitals and... Chef of the future. Oh, hello. I'm glad to have you aboard, Chef of the future. I'm the Chef of the future. In fact, they, people off the street would come in to, uh, to dine because it was so much better than a lot, of, a lot of the places that weren't hospitals in the town. Right. So um, Kind of like the library around here. Right. And, and the executive <laughs> chef there was a CIA graduate. I mean, he had, you know... Uh, a huge laundry list of, of, of awards and uh, recognition. So it was, it was actually really great to work wow. under him. Total, total cool. opposite of the um, stereotype. Right, yes. right. So in, in fact, right now, their latest endeavor is they, they have a garden on property that they're growing their own produce with and oh, use, awesome. utilizing wow. it. So. Wow, wow, that's pretty cool. So that, you said was the first place that you cooked at? Yes, yeah, so that was the first place that I actually like was paid to ever cook for and mm-hmm. actually worked there for a very, very long time. I went to school in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, mm-hmm. studied finance. And uh, in order to pay the bills and to pay tuition, I was cooking. And mm-hmm. uh, it's funny because I actually uh, had a career in finance. I, um, I worked for a Fortune 500 company and did uh, financial advising for two years. And Who were you with? Uh, New York Life. Okay. Yeah, and I Life Securities. In Colorado is still? Yeah, in Colorado. And so uh, it was interesting. I uh, was basically cooking to pay for <laughs> the lack of commissions I was making at the time <laughs> and, uh, you know, paying for school. And mm-hmm. ended up realizing that, you know, I actually really liked cooking a whole lot and I didn't really like finance that much. And so I decided to do a 180 and one day just absolutely quit. And I applied for um, a, a sous chef job at one of the uh, biggest restaurants in Denver at the time, which was on Larimer Square, which was Denver's oldest block, most happening part of town. And uh, I was able to do a stage. They basically, you know, gave me a tryout. And three days later, they hired me as the sous chef. So cool. That's great. Glad you made that decision. Yes, me too. Me too. Guess what my, my degree is in as well. What's it? Finance? Finance. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we're all doing food stuff. Well, works in real estate. And uh, what was the, when, when did you leave Colorado and what was the last place you cooked at? Uh, the last place yeah. I cooked at was Milk and Honey and they're actually not there anymore. After I left, um, I think they had a hard time restructuring a lot of things. And so uh, they closed their doors about five to six months after I left. Wow. Yeah. So it's. It's one of those areas in Denver, like I said, it was Denver's oldest block. Rent was like through the roof. And if you weren't executing at a very, very high level, you weren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. 
So what brought you to St. Pete? Uh, so my parents actually uh, moved out here, I think, about four years ago. And when I came out here, I was just going on vacation. I was um, at that restaurant I was referring to and just getting a little bit burnt out, not happy with the ownership and things of that nature. And so I was like, you know what, I just need to go out on vacation. And I came out, you know, drank some cocktails on the beach. And I was like, yeah, this, is, this isn't bad out here. I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> ended up meeting up with the owner of Brass Bowl. And uh, he's like, well, we're looking for a chef. And so ever since then, I started working at his other restaurant to try to, you know, cultivate this idea that we've been working on. And, you know, we started putting the pieces together in order to make Brass Bowl happen. And that was when? Uh, about two years ago. Mm -hmm. So that when we, you know, we had been discussing this concept, talking about what we wanted out of it, but it didn't actually go on to, you know, paper and you know, form the entities necessary to actually have the business until about a year and a couple of months from, from today. So he employed you. It was Sunset Grill in Ruskin, correct? Yes, that's correct. And uh, so he employed you there while you were working on the concept here. And right. That, right. Right. So, I mean, we, I helped them kind of revamp the menu a little bit. Um, right when I came in, they wanted to do a menu change. So I had a lot of say in what happened in that. Tried to look at some of the processes that they were doing and just see if there was a you know, more efficient way to do so. But um, they, have, they have incredible chefs over there. So I was just happy to be a part of that team. So right. were there some things that you did uh, revise? Yeah, it was just one of those things to where uh, it's it's an interesting location. It's on a resort, and so it has to cater to such a like uh, a, a really big group of people because the majority of the people that are coming there during the season are vacationing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so those those people tend to look for you know beach food, vacation mm -hmm. food, you mm -hmm. know, coconut shrimp all day long, and like that's not <laughs> that's not my forte. That's not the, my style of eating or cooking. So um, I just wanted to add some a little bit more uh, fine dining options that they could have and. Did that I, go over I, I, well? Yeah, I think it took really well. Good. Especially with, I think, the local uh, the locals over there because there just wasn't that much to, for them to enjoy. Right, and it's very important to build that local base. When you don't have your, your uh, tourists there, you you need to have that local base. Right, absolutely. And, I mean, the, the difference between season and non-season there is, is it's exponentially busier. I'm sure, like, I'm sure. I mean, you, you drag yourself out most days. And, you know, like on days when I was, you know, supposed to be in the test kitchen for Brass Bowl, I was like, you got to hop on grill, man. Like, we're getting hit right now. Right. So. Right. But uh, that was one of the best things, actually, because I'm a big believer of that executive chefs to be in the kitchen cooking and mm -hmm. like, you know, making sure that they're honing their skills every single day. And so just making sure that I still had the line cook mentality and, you know, the skill set that comes with being a line cook, you know, while working on the executive chef master plan of things. Right. And, and I've always done that, too. Even uh, all the jobs I've had years ago, there was nothing that ever that I would delegate that I couldn't actually do myself. Right. Or maybe yes. even do better than the person I was delegating it to. Absolutely. And I, I think that's why, like, my favorite restaurant that I eat at in St. Pete is El Ritorno. And the reason why is every time that I go there, I see Chef David in the window mm -hmm. the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I've worked at places. There was a couple of weeks, like, uh, before I had gotten hired at Sunset that I uh, worked at some places in town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the entire restaurant was built around the, the you know, the executive chef. Yes. That I never saw cook one thing. Mm -hmm. And and right. I'm literally never saw this person cook one thing. So I, you know, made it a point that that was never how it was going to be in the kitchen that I ran. And that, uh, you know, I should be doing the most cooking mm -hmm. of anybody. I should be doing the most cleaning out of anybody. Like mm -hmm. I, I end my nights in the dish pit most days. Right. It, it keeps you, your skills honed and it also sets a good example. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would never ask, you know, my cooks who... You know, unfortunately, I can't pay them what I wish I could. And mm -hmm. I would never ask them to, you know, do something that I'm not willing to do tenfold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
No, I agree with you about El Retorno. It's my favorite restaurant in town as well. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Most people do. Yeah. I went, I went over there for uh, my girlfriend's birthday not too long ago and had this ribeye that was like literally melt in your mouth. Like, I, I feel like I know how to cook a steak, but they know how to cook a steak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So before we take a break and then come back and talk about the new endeavor, how do you stay in such great shape? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I, uh, I don't feel like I am in that great shape right now. I have, uh, I've got a chef belly, but uh, I'm proud of that chef belly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the culmination of tasting and trying every single thing that we cook, whether it's uh, you know, healthy or not. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely get in the gym as much as I can, but uh, you know, opening a new restaurant requires 16, 17 hour days. There you go. I don't always mm-hmm. eat during the middle of the day. Like sometimes like, wow, I didn't eat or drink anything all morning. So right. But uh, putting away the orders also helps. But uh, I live right in town, so I'm, I walk pretty much everywhere. I don't even, my car hasn't left the uh, parking garage in literally probably about a month and a half. Right. right. You're, you're probably like me. You don't even know what the price of gas is. No idea. No, <laughs> no idea. Haven't it's gone up gas. quite a bit. Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery. Looking yes. forward to it. We will be right back. <laughs> One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. I must admit, when Booyah Ramen opened nearly two and a half years ago, I wasn't really all that excited. I really couldn't understand how a restaurant could survive serving just ramen. Boy, was I ever wrong. Of course, all I really knew about ramen was the packaged grocery store noodles that I ate on for really cheap in college. I did not understand that ramen is really a thing. A big thing. Kevin is the lover of all things soup in our household, and he was determined to introduce me. I'm so thankful he did. The broth has a complexity that you can't understand until you try it. It has to cook for hours and hours and for some nearly 24 hours to obtain all of the complex layers. But Booyah isn't just about ramen. It is a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with housecrafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey and izakaya too. Booyah is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Booyah? We are back with the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast, talking to Jason Gordon, the executive chef at Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery at 656 Central Avenue. That would be the 600 block is how I normally refer to it. So you were earlier saying that it was kind of two years in the making. Not quite two years, but, uh, you know, starting having a restaurant concept, a lot of people just think that, you know, you just form a business and all of a sudden, you know, everything comes together and... We wanted to be very, very thoughtful and intentional with our, you know, with our design from the get-go, and that included, 
you know, wanting to have all the organization needed to, you know, open a successful restaurant. And being that we were an organic concept, sourcing all of the food and the ingredients that I needed to source took a very, very long time because the reality of it is, is there's not a lot of organic growers in the area. And we try to stay as local as possible that, and then there was just, you know, maybe would be able to get an ingredient, but would we be able to get it consistently? Right. Consistently. Right. Would we be able to, you know, make sure that it was the freshest and best quality since, you know, there's no preservatives or anything else. And if it had to be trucked across the country, you know, what, what was it going to look like? Mm-hmm. But uh, in addition to that, you know, um, we worked with WJC Architects and we, uh, you know, we were working with a retail space before because our space was a medical supply company. So it had, right, right, I, I, I remember, remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't even a restaurant yet. So, and, and it was a mess in there. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it, uh, it definitely looks much better now, but, yes. uh, the, it, the dimensions are like 50 feet by a hundred feet. So having such a long, you know, space was very interesting to work in and to try to design a kitchen around. And so, um, you know, definitely the design took a long time, but we, we really tried to come at it with, you know, sparing absolutely no detail. Like we knew exactly what we wanted. You know, we just tried to be patient mm-hmm. and didn't want to rush anything. So yeah, basically it did take a, it, we were supposed to open much sooner than we thought, but, you know, understanding that the city is extremely busy right now. And, uh, you know, anytime that there was a hiccup, you know, we, we had to wait a couple of weeks on everything. So, right. The, the cool thing is you got to start with a blank slate though, not trying to adapt a previous restaurant, you got to say, right. hey, this is exactly how we want to do it, and we have a clean slate to do that. Yeah, and, and that, that was a, the most interesting part for me was, you know, I've been an executive chef before, but I've never been a co-founder of a new brand. Mm-hmm. I've never been, um, you know, I've never designed my own kitchen before. Right. And so, it, you know, I designed every facet of it to be, like, you know, the best possible place for a line cook. Mm-hmm. Like, down to, like, the floor drains having angled, you know, pitches so that, mm-hmm. you know, at the night when you were squeegeeing, that it wasn't a pain in the butt. Like, just all the details that I really wanted to have in the kitchen, you know, we wanted to make sure that it was done really, really well. And so it takes time. That's so exciting though. Yeah. So let's uh, go ahead and define the brand and the offerings to the listeners. Yeah. Brass Bowl from the very, very beginning was supposed to be a, we wanted the environment to be, to be all about wellness. That obviously comes from you know, the offerings of food that we have, but also the, the environment as well. I mean, we have a really, really cool space. There's uh, you know, lots of fresh flowers in the building. There's just that farm table feel to it. You know, from the very beginning, we wanted to create a nice casual environment, but we wanted the offerings to be on the more fine dining. In fact, we kind of you know, coined our, our brand as being fast casual meets fine dining mm-hmm. and kind of created this hybrid uh, concept so that we're calling fresh casual. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it's it's organic. Yep. It's uh, there are uh, vegan and vegetarian options, but there are also meat options. Oh yeah, absolutely. My favorite thing on the menu is our sous vide hanger steak. I mm-hmm. sous vide at 131 degrees, which is you know just just slightly over medium rare. Um, by the time it gets seared again, and like I said, it's hanging tender, so mm-hmm. it's part of the fillet. I see that in my near future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so why um, why did you choose slightly over medium rare rather as right at medium rare? It's interesting because fast casual, you know, you're going to get a lot of different demographics of people who are going to come through. And, you know, certainly we wanted to be able to, you know, appease people by like cooking meat to the temperature that they were really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I'm a rare plus kind of person. Like I, yeah, I, me too. I yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> how I order my steak. So, but I know a lot of people don't like that. And I certainly mm-hmm. did want to discourage such a great piece of meat, such a great, like, you know, technique in preparing it just mm-hmm. because somebody didn't like the temperature that it was cooked. And so, right. You know, we, we really do cater to to all of our guests, and if they want us to throw it on, you know, throw it and sear it until it's well done, it, it's going to kill me a little bit, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> right, right. A little part of me might die, but I'll do right. it. <laughs> yeah, we can relate to that. 
Yeah, no, I, I sous vide steak. I'm sure you've seen that I, I'm at 129. Would I do it for? Sure. Yeah, mine's pretty rare, and then I sear it. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and by the way, you were talking about how nice the space is, and it really is. For our listeners, if you want to see some uh, photos of what it looks like inside, if you haven't been yet, go to our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. And there's just a, a search box on there. If you're on the home page, it's uh, just slightly down on the right and just search Brass Bowl and you'll see our write-up of uh, a handful of different food items and, and the space. Yes. It's awesome. I, I, describe, I describe it as like, I forget what I said when I wrote that article, but it's kind of like farmhouse sleek, like modern feeling. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I consider us to be world fusion. I mean, we have a lot of different eclectic tastes from around the world. Um, I just basically thought about like, what do I want to eat today? And that's when I was developing the menu. I was, you know, it was over the course of several months and that gave me, you know, like, oh, I want to have an Indian influence or, you know, I want this American meat and potato style. And then, you know, certainly uh, we know that the uh, vegan trend and the vegetarian trend is, is definitely, it's not really a trend at all. It's a lifestyle. So we wanted to cater to our guests that were, you know, were living through that lifestyle, mm-hmm. which was interesting for me because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I am a meat and potatoes kind of guy, like obviously. Right. But uh, to me, it was all about, you know, challenging myself a little bit. You know, everybody can cook a steak. Everybody, you know, every good chef should be able to, you know, execute fine dining. But working within the parameters that I'm working with, which is organics, Mm -hmm. trying to cultivate really good vegan options that weren't just the standard thing that you see everywhere, like, you know, beans or something along those lines. And then, um, you know, we're also 100% gluten-free facility. So I wanted to bring all those facets in, but not making it seem as though we were working with really restrictive, you know, parameters. Right. The food is so good. When you think of healthy food, you don't normally think, oh, wow, that's so good. That's going to be really good. Yeah, You're right, thinking like, right. okay, well, I'll have to suck it up and eat something healthy. That's not the case. No, yeah. uh, and it was never designed to be the case. That the, I mean, I, I would not allow for, you know, the first thing that should be about my food is the taste and the, you know, the pleasure that the guest receives. Everything else is secondary to that. So in designing the menu and designing the concept, we, you know, taste and flavor was absolutely at the highest, you know, Mm -hmm. priority. You have two different kitchens. So your one side is open earlier, 9 a.m., right? And you have a breakfast menu and right. so our juice, juices. Yeah, our juicery is open at 9 in the morning. Uh, we do have a limited breakfast there. Our avocado toast is fantastic. We prepare it on our gluten-free naan bread, which is better than any gluten naan bread that I've ever tried. It's made by my pastry chef, Megan, and she does a fantastic job over there. Um, we also have oatmeal, things like that. But um, the juicery, we cold press our juices every single morning. They're bottled on site. And they're delicious. Yeah. We get to try a couple of yes. them. You, yeah, you wouldn't feel like you were drinking something healthy because it tastes so good. <laughs> well, and the, the juice bar was also like not my forte. It's, I'm not, I've never even used the cold press machine that I had gotten before. And so I was in, you know, in the test lab for about two months just trying to make sure I figured out the best way to do everything with it. So it wasn't really something I was really that comfortable with. And, you know, saying that, like I said, flavor being the most important aspect of it, I was like, all right, how do I make this kale not taste like kale? <laughs> right, right, right. And so I think our flavor profiles are a little bit, um, you know, more centered on the taste right. with trying to make sure that they still have all the healthy components that we talked about, but not necessarily just the healthy components. Like I want it to be a pleasurable experience as well. One thing um, I didn't even think about when we were there was, are you serving beer and wine or alcohol of any sort? Not currently, we're not right now, but okay. we, have, we have plans to in the next uh, 30 to 60 days. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We, we wanted to make sure that the kitchen operations were how we wanted them to be. You know, we, we wanted this restaurant to be about the food more than anything. It's, right. it's a completely chef-driven concept. It's a chef-designed, you know, menu. And certainly that doesn't mean that there's not room for beer and wine because right. I, I definitely want it to happen. But uh, it was really important to me that we executed on the food first before we expanded. Oh, Absolutely. 
isn't there kind of a funny story on the juicer? Yeah. Oh my God. So that this thing it was custom made for us because the model that we had originally specced, you know, back when we were doing all the financials of the business, they discontinued it or they stopped making it. So basically they built us a hybrid of like all these other different like juicers. And I mean, it's a very, very, you know, expensive piece of equipment and it was took a really long time to ship. I don't know why. Like it, I was, I was getting really, like really nervous. I'm like, I've never used this equipment before. Like I need it. I need it here. Mm-hmm. And then, so first I go to plug it in and then I try to turn it on and it just pops. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Well, then we found out that the original plans for the juice that we had spec'd, the electrician like wired like a certain type of outlet. Oh geez. So this outlet was not strong enough to like power the thing. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll get over it. Had the electrician come out. He, uh, you know, put the right uh, breaker in or whatever he needed to do. And then we plug it in and a big plume of smoke comes out oh of this no. thing. Oh no. And it literally like caught on fire. I'm like, well, this is probably not a good sign. No. <laughs> I was like, I just got this juicer in. I've been waiting literally two months for it and it just exploded on me. Oh, your, no. your juice business is on fire. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? But um, luckily like, our electrician was great. He came out and actually rewired the entire like panel, like mm-hmm. inside the internal components, which, you know, he's like a, a construction like electrician. He's not, you know one of the manufacturers of the juice thing so he came in rewired the whole circuit board and we were up and running the next day oh so you didn't have to replace any part in the actual juicer itself just just the circuit board oh wow uh, yeah okay. i don't know what was going on with it but wow yeah like i said big big plume of smoke like i'm big plume wow <laughs> i was very scared i was like oh i'm sure let's highlight a few food items before we sign off here yeah, so my, my favorite dish that uh, on the bowl side is definitely our Mediterranean bowl. I think it really encompasses the style of food that I really like to cook. Um, simple, but executed really, really well. Um, and that dish comes with our, like I said, 131-degree sous vide hanger steak, mm-hmm. uh, some seasonal roasted vegetables, a roasted garlic hummus, and our um, non-flatbread. So it really kind of encompasses all of, all of what we're doing. Obviously, the entire bowl is fully organic. The uh, non-bread with it is gluten-free, so um, it really represents what we're doing. And then, obviously, the steak is my absolute favorite part of it. Right. And uh, hummus isn't bad either. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge, I, I love Mediterranean food. I just like it to be done like new American style with a couple of kicks on it. Mm-hmm. Something that just kind of elevates it. I think the presentation on our bowls is is definitely really enhances the fine dining aspect of what you're eating. And, you know, truly, we have one of our stations is just garnish. Mm-hmm. And that is to, you know, really add the finishing touches that make a dish from, you know, 90% to 100%. Right. So that's uh, I, basically that's where I'm at, or that's where my sous chef is at. So yep, and you definitely eat with your eyes too. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Our flatbread is also like one of my favorite things. We have a lox bagel flatbread, which is like my play on like you know cream cheese and bagel, mm-hmm. and it's uh, with a roasted garlic ricotta. It has our uh, house smoked salmon, which we use Aura King salmon. It's one of the highest quality salmons that you can possibly get. It's sourced out of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really good stuff. Has some of the most fattiest content I've ever seen. When you cook it, it just bleeds like this white fattiness. It's, it's <laughs> it, yeah, it, it makes me hungry to look at it all the time. And then um, it's topped with our heirloom tomato salad and everything bagel spice. Nice. So, but um, my favorite dish that we have on the menu is our side, and that is the seasonal roasted vegetables. Oh, they're so good. We mm-hmm. had that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the reason I like it so much is just because it's not, you know, it's not a set list of vegetables. Basically, it's going to be anything that's in season or any, you know, unique items that I can get. A lot of times I'm getting it at the farmer's market here in town mm-hmm. or, um, you know, there's just, you know, growing seasons are occurring and I can really change it up. And I think it really highlights what we're trying to do. And that's to provide, you know, a, a changing, you know, selection, but the consistency of having it, it's a, it comes with like a lemon scented turmeric, which is mm. really adds a really nice, like tang, mm-hmm. a little nice earthiness to it. 
So I just think it's just a really well-rounded dish that has, you know, uh, really highlights the season's, you know, vegetable offerings. Right. Yeah, we had, what was the bowl we had? It was uh, pork? Uh, yeah, you had the toro bowl. So that's uh, braised pork. Delicious. Which is really tough, right? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. Are you ready for the chef lightning round? Let's do it. Okay. The lightning round for chefs. Olive oil or butter? Butter. Thai or Indian? Thai. Lemon or lime? Lime. Ribeye or filet? Ribeye, all day long. Pork tenderloin or spare rib? Uh, spare rib. All right. You pass. <laughs> yeah, those are good answers. <laughs> yes. So, Jason Gordon, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It was a pleasure to be on, guys. I really appreciate it. Everybody check out Brass Bowl and Kitchen. It's on the 600 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. And the website is? BrassBowlKitchen.com. And we are also on Instagram at BrassBowlStPete. And you're open 9 a.m. to? 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. Sunday through Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday where we stay open until 11. So any of that late night munchies, we got your back covered. Great. Awesome. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. Have you checked out the new seafood place on Beach Drive yet? You know, Altomari Fish Bar? It's not the standard type of seafood place around here. They fly in fresh stuff from all over the world, and it's not a Florida-themed joint. It's an elegant, European-inspired menu, but it's not pretentious or overpriced. Here's what some Yelpers had to say. The food was outstanding. The service was excellent. We went the small plates route, sharing four. Light, fresh, sweet, sour, and savory touches balancing nicely on each plate. Every dish was splendid. We'll go back for sure. My group especially liked the crab arancini and scallops with corn salsa. However, I do not eat seafood. There were plenty of options for me. The lemon chicken was very good, and the cheese filo underneath was to die for. Salt and vinegar french fries are my new favorite fry. They come with the lobster roll, which my friend really enjoyed as there was light mayo and big lobster chunks. Another one says, We opted to share several small plates rather than getting full entrees. A dozen raw West Coast, great. Marrow topped with tuna tartare, great. Cobia collar, great. Beef carpaccio, great. And octopus, great. I guess everything was great. The recommended wine was good and paired well with seafood. The flavors were delicious and the service was prompt. Check out Altomari Fish Bar at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They are open every day at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is Jesse Byers. Jesse is a full-time musician playing all over the Tampa Bay area. He recently traveled to Nashville to record his first album, which comes out next week. We will feature the title track, My Time, right after Jesse answers the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Are you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite food? 
Chicken wings. Chicken wings. That's a good answer. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it was a quick answer and it was a confident answer, so I really believe you. Chicken wings. That's so awesome. I was just actually, no kidding at all, just before you got here, I was looking at a recent write-up I did on stpetersburgfoodies.com on the 10 best chicken wings in St. Pete. Really? Yeah. So you'll have to check that out and, and see if there's any that you haven't tried. Absolutely. Which leads to the next question. Actually, it doesn't. <laughs> What's your least favorite food? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Absolutely. No way, really? I can't do tomatoes. How about tomato sauce or salsa? I can do that. I don't get it, but... Okay, just, just like raw tomatoes. Raw tomatoes. Okay. Nope. All right. I, I can live with that. Yeah. Like salsa and tomato sauce, you, you, you ha- have to have that. If it's too chunky, though, mm. <laughs> Okay. And do you have a favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Um, mm, to be honest, I... I I don't live in St. Pete, so I've never eaten. Right. But I hear the food's really good around here. Right. You're, you're, I would you're love way to try out, it. You're just, way out in the suburbs there. Yeah. yeah. It's just a little bit far from me. Let's see. So um, I'll give you a couple of the places that have some of the best wings. Okay. Uh, the Avenue, the Galley, Engine Number 9. I've heard of that one. The Lure. Those are all I can remember out of the 10 right now. Okay. okay I'll check so, them out. That's good. We'll let you pass on that one. Salt or Pepper. Both. Both. Okay. Both. <laughs> All right. A, a good proportion of both yeah. of them. Okay. That's a good answer. It's kind of a trick question. It's like, why yeah. would you want to only have one, right? Can you cook? I can cook. No way. What do you cook? Mm, avocado toast. <laughs> kind of cooking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, as long as it's toast, I guess. I was in college for five years, so I had to, you know, I had to make myself something to eat. I couldn't eat out all the time. Right. Right. And avocado toast is quite popular these days. Yeah. I like to call it guacamole toast. Yeah. Could rock out with your guac out. (laughs) (laughs) I stole that from Red Mesa Cantina, sponsored ad on Facebook. So your debut single, My Time. Yes. Comes out May 13th. Yeah, Monday, May 13th. But we have a exclusive little preview here today. This is the first preview, other than like at my gigs. Which we thank you for. Yes. And... It has a really cool sound in the beginning. Is how did you do that? Is that just like the, the pick across the strings with an effect on it? Um, that was the studio musicians, honestly. Okay. Yeah, they okay. Uh, they made it sound the, really good. The fancy guys in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. That's I cool. Take no credit. And it's in one of my favorite keys on guitar, key of D. Yeah. Right. Keep it simple. With a D G A progression. Yeah. Yeah. Real simple. Yeah. Yeah. Simpler is usually better. Yeah. Even when it comes to food too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. After listening to the song the way I would describe it, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I took it as a a message about a life journey of success or bust. You sold all your stuff, hit the road, and made it, and now you're a country star on tour. Absolutely. All right, I got it. That's why I figured it'd be perfect time for a single, my time. Exactly. Also like the part in the beginning, give me three shots or make it four. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that. It's, it's a fun song. Yeah. Cause you know, the grind is hard. So exactly. <laughs> so the website is uh, Jesse Byers music.com. Yes. That's J E S S E B Y E R S music.com. And we will have that linked on the uh, show notes on St. Petersburg foodies.com. And here we are with the upbeat pop country song from Jesse Byers. My time. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse.
talk. Hammer that good stuff. Someone send me three more rounds. Hell, make it four. Well, I need a jukebox so I can collect my thoughts. I need young church paisley. I need maybe more. Well, I sold my things at the thrift store. Well, I sing my songs at the local bar. I think the record man should give me a try. Cause it's my time and I finally made it. It's my time. I'm damn proud to say it's my time. Dream, I wanna let it ride. Is this reality? Yeah, cause it feels pretty good to me. Just wanna play my country music every night. When I sold my things at the thrift store, I never thought I'd be on a country tour. But now everybody is waiting in the daylight. Cause it's my time, and I finally made it. It's my time. I'm damn proud to say it's my time Hey, oh, let's give it a go Cause it's my time And I finally made it It's my time I'm damn proud to say it's my time Hey, oh, let's put on a show When I saw my Things at the thrift store. Never thought I'd be on a concert tour, but now everybody is waiting in the ticket line. It's my time. Recent new items on stpetersburgfoodies.com include a new best of list best upscale casual dining restaurants in St. Pete. We have a review of Valhalla Bakery. They have vegan sweets and treats that are so good you'd never know they were vegan. And they're inside the ever more popular bomb market just west of the roundabout on Central Avenue. Next door to them is Intermezzo, and we also have a review of Intermezzo Coffee and Cocktails that just came out yesterday. Next week on the podcast, we have Tanner and Eric from Pacific Counter. You can email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you want to listen to us on the go, we are on all the podcast apps out there, most notably Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM. You can listen to us on your voice-activated home assistant as well, and if you happen to have one of them, you can play us on Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, Google Home, and any others that might exist that I don't know about. We're probably on there too. Hi, this is Frankie Ray, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Jason Gordon. And thanks to our sponsors, Booyah Ramen, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, and their sister restaurant, Altamari Fish Bar. 
and Engine Number 9, where you can get some of the, the best, best burgers, burgers in St. Pete. Our announcer is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Tell me, old chef for the future, can it call the apple?